And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. it's Wednesday. Were you trying to off the air, huh? Uh, impersonate deep voice guys? Is that what you're doing? Because when he was talking, I was hearing you, even with my headphones on, and it was uh huh. <laughs> Oh no no no! I was giving my vocal cords a run. Oh okay, all right, all right. Show yeah. I thought you were trying to get your voice as deep as deep voice guy. No, Uh, no, nobody would. Nobody would try and even attempt that. That's not no, 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 no. Stretching the vocal cords. Working outside all day, Uh, windy, and uh, and once again, I am clearly unqualified. Uh, physically and also uh, by lack of desire to work manual labor. <laughs> I, because I, I look and and I've had you know the everybody else on the street. Well, not everybody, but um, a number of people have uh, someone come by and do their lawn, mm-hmm. and uh, I. You know, I've been watching the crews and my neighbors working in their lawn. It's that time where you, you get out there and it's like, okay, uh, pull the, the last of the weeds and then mow down the um, base. Basically, the, you know, it, it was the first cut is the rough cut. I did that, I don't know, a while back. Then you go back and let the green grass come in. And yes, for those in the north, I have a friend who's, uh, still dealing with snow on the ground. Um, but, uh, we, yeah, we do have, uh, everything's green. It's greening up very quickly. We haven't had much rain. I think that's going to change here in a few days, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so I've been watching everybody else do their lawn. I was like, okay, fine. It, fine. I'll get out and do mine. So I went out and it was a beautiful day. Well, no, it's interesting that you said that because, uh, I have made a decision. I'm still going to cut my lawn and edge. But I've decided everything else is going to be done by others. I don't have any time anymore. I don't have any time to do anything anymore. It's re- I have not had time.
to go golfing. And here's how I figured, because I'm just like you. You and I are the same thing. You are the same way. You know, you do your own housework, because I've been asked for years, why don't you have a maid? No, it's my job. And <laughs> It would feel weird for somebody else to come into my house. Yeah, and I'm telling and you, I get, I get cards in my door probably during the springtime, especially probably two a week mm-hmm. from different maid services. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nah. Uh, but I just have, I have not had time. Uh, I've had time to take lessons, but lessons are only an hour. For, you know, golf lessons, lessons on house cleaning? I, no, on golf. <laughs> golf lessons. But I've not been able to golf. I, I complained what last week I said, <laughs> Trump's being indicted, flying up here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still golfing more than I am. That, yeah. that, that's what I took out of all of that. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. He's golfing more than I am. So you're going to make the decision. You made the decision I, to hire out. I made the decision. Uh, first off, I've got uh, I've got a tree in the back that I always trim. Yeah. And it's such a pain. And I went, no. Mm. And I've just decided, you know, for like to, you know, uh, to trim the bushes, put down the mulch to start all this, uh, trim the tree in the back. And then I've got to get a tree cut down. They're coming out tomorrow to give me the estimate on it. And uh, I've got a tree, a live oak that's not live. It's only half live. <laughs> mm. And and so, uh, the, you know, that's coming down and then probably another tree put in. I just don't have, I don't have time. I just don't have time to do the stuff anymore. I'm just, I'm, and, and I'm like, you know, I decided I could have retired and made that decision. I can't retire. Well, since I can't retire, well, then I'm going to do something with the money. That, I hire out certain things. But I'm running um, overnight. And have, and have always because, like, uh, I found a guy who does uh, a, a, a ton of different work um, around, you know, the house. He can, uh, he can hang a new door or mm-hmm. do things like that. And typically I'll wait until the list gets long enough to, you know, warrant him coming over. And then he gives me a quick estimate. And then we start either that day or the next day. And and he gets yeah. it done and gets it uh, out of the way. My wife makes him these very special chocolate cupcakes that he loves. And uh, so that's like his tip. And, um, and he does a great job and, I don't – there are certain things I enjoy doing, projects like that, that I enjoy doing. Others are just tedious. And uh, there's a, a there's a probably four or five items that he's going to come over and do. On a tree, it depends. If it's just the overhang, then I've got a, a huge pole saw that I can use, and I, I, I'll do that. But um, I've got another guy who took out two trees – for me, my trees are fifty. Uh, a couple of them are close to fifty-five years old, and so they've been around for a while. And uh, so, on those items, I don't even I don't even have the equipment. I can't get up that high. The the freeze apocalypse killed the top of yeah. a Chinese tallow that I have in, in my backyard, and instead of taking it down, I just took the top off, and now it's flourishing. It's doing really great well, they made a canopy for, you know basically in the live oak that i had and it was beautiful and i don't know what it is that uh, killed it whether it was insects and a lot of, i think you even told me it might be insects because the bark is coming off the base of the tree yeah 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 and yeah. and and so it's like it's t- and, and only half of it i was like okay it started last fall and i looked and i go okay let me see and then by the time we got to last week and all the trees are blooming and only half of mine is and not mm. to the extent that it normally is it's like yeah 
All right, yeah. I got to I got to take this down right now. I don't need the liability of that thing falling. I don't think it will because yeah. there's still you know it's still it's still fine and half of it's alive, so it means there's still you know moisture inside of there, which makes it a little bit flexible, right? You know, inside the trunk. So, but it's like I just don't need the hassle of it. But everything else, I just don't have it. It's uh, there's some, and the thing is, a lot of it is a lot of it is the the show and the focus on the show. And that's just because there's so much information to be absorbed here. There's so many different now. One of the things for me is the fact of getting uh, YouTube commercial free. Mm-hmm. That and I've I have found all the different websites, especially over the last year. And I've just found you know, and there's just so much information to go through every day. Yeah. And I'm just like I don't. There's so much available. Right. That I didn't I didn't see was available or didn't pursue it. Before I got the commercial for YouTube, yeah, because right. you know, like the news channels. One of the things is is that local news channels will put up reports that you can't watch otherwise. Mm-hmm. So you can watch things. I can watch local news out in L.A. Exactly. or yep. even you know some of the yep. smaller cities. I can I can watch their local news if something is going on there yep. just to get their angle, their coverage. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, uh, I know on the. Um, on the Idaho murders, um, I relied on that heavily. There were a couple of stations that were doing, uh, I think, some really good reporting during that time. The national attention was was a given, but I also wanted to see what was going on. But also hurricanes and and everything else. You can you can you you get a better feel of, of what the locals are going through and and uh, and how it is affecting that local area. And well, you also get other information that sometimes the national coverage doesn't have yet. And yeah, and, and just to get a feel of what's going on, something that is a national to- you know topic, but you want to get the local perspective on it. And one of them, and, and we talked about it yesterday, I think, and the day before, and it was last week where I think I took two days, probably a couple of hours each day, just finding you know all the YouTube videos from different uh, you know anti crime activists in uh, in in Portland. Yeah. And yeah. just going through yeah. all the different news uh, items from all the different media over the past, really the past six months about, you know, is it improving there? Because you hear things, somebody will throw out, oh, it's really getting better there. And it's like, well, no, it's not. It's like, okay, let me check the, the latest newscast from the last month or, or two months. And then when you delve into it, you can find these anti-crime groups that are putting up uh, YouTube videos saying, look, here's what's, here's what's going on. And yeah, yeah. It, that, that in itself, now, do I, do I need it? Could I still say, you know, everything stinks in Portland? Yeah, but it's just great to get an actual feel. You feel, I, I just feel, I know you do too. You feel better going on when uh, there's a local issue that becomes national, when you can actually get and find out what the locals are saying. Well, I think a, a, a you know, one example of the, I, I don't know, off the beaten path media, I, you know, we, you and I have been had been following Circa News uh, for a while, and and back uh, during the you know the very beginning really of the uh, uh, the whole Russian hoax, uh, it was Sarah A. Carter and John Solomon who were at Circa News at the time, and they were doing some really good reporting that and getting facts that were backed by court documents, uh, things that we were learning. And as those things were rising to the surface, that often happens. And so, uh, you know, I follow uh, uh, Greenwald and, and Andy No, and and Andy yeah. No is one that that I think has been very man. You talk about being diligent 
on Antifa and on the, the rioters and on, on the, the, the violent activists. He has so much that he does. And and you and I have been following him for a, for a significant period of time before he was even a household name. Right. And he was out there on the streets while it was yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, anybody who's been a longtime listener to the show, we were on Antifa before they were Antifa. Yeah. And yeah, and because yeah. and before they were Antifa, yeah. n- nobody was talking about them, so nobody had pronounced their name. <laughs> so we were calling them on the air Antifa, <laughs> <laughs> because that made sense. They're yeah. you know they're anti-fascism. Right. And it's like right. well, no, they're Antifa. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Antifa sounds like my mom's sister. Right. <laughs> and, and 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 but he was he was very helpful. And it's like okay, what are they about? What are they doing? And he would he'd go right up and oh, talk to them until man. they realized. Until Antifa realized, you know, uh, he, uh, uh, you know, he he might be discussing things with them, but he didn't agree with them. His reporting, I think, is so spot on in that, uh, you know, there is an agenda to expose these violent activists and who they are, uh, their background and everything else. And he gets so much information and he puts it out there. Um, But it is straightforward you know, sometimes frightening to watch, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, because terrifying to watch. When, when things heat up in one area, one city, one town, one region, and so many reports are coming across, it's like, whoa. And, you know, but I I think that's, you know, the that's really the, the part. Of, you and I have talked about for years, it used to be, you know, going out and, and you know, before the interwebs. You go out and then you would find periodicals and you would cut out the articles and n- newspapers and everything else. And you'd come in and, you know, put things together and, and write down things, you know, certain points. And, On a notepad. And it was, you know, you, you're basically going, oh, my gosh, you know, I got it. And, and if it were, you know, a two, three, four hours, whatever you then it was. All right, man, I hope I have enough. And now there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. In- it's like. Every day is I don't know where to begin because everything is is <laughs> every, well, everything's on fire right now. Well, I'll tell you where we begin. It's yeah. good to see that the Republicans are following the narrative of Red Eye Radio. Yeah, there it because you know we've often given them lots of advice. Mm. There it is. The headline: You're doomed. <laughs> the NRCC targets vulnerable Democrats voting against energy package, yeah. and in the quote. You're doomed, yeah. and that's what they're saying to uh, uh, Democrats uh, 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 out there. We will get uh, to uh, that. The latest polling out there, uh, CNBC had the story that it is the most number of people that think we have a bad economy ever. Yeah, and and it, yeah. interesting to examine that because you know the Democrats, but unemployment it doesn't matter. Right, doesn't matter. It's people's people's econ- You know, the economy is how people are doing and when as we've always stated inflation is actually worse than a recession because everybody feels inflation and when you have a job or you have a job and a half or you have two jobs and still can't make it that's yeah. a way greater negative feeling oh, than if you happen to get laid off for a few months and yeah. you have you know 10% of the population laid off but 90% still working and a lot of times when you have that happening you actually have a, a depression in prices because supply, because of supply and demand. Right. And so inflation is always uh, uh, worse. So we'll get uh, to uh, uh, that. 
Uh, here we go. You ready mm. for this very quickly? All right. Representative Jimmy Gomez, a Democrat from California. Republicans are attacking trans and other LGBTQ kids. And it shows exactly who they are. Bigots and bullies. And I said that once, and I'll say it again. Bigots and bullies. Well, fine. Then you're promoting child abuse, sexism, and misogyny. Now yep. that we've had the names, let's discuss the issue. Yeah. But I guarantee he won't debate the issue. He's arguing like a three-year-old. Yeah. He's arguing like a three-year-old. So, fine. You name call. You support child abuse. You support sexism and misogyny. Yep. We can do this all day. Yep. All day long, we can do this. Yep. So we'll uh, get to that. Oh, more on the Senate report on uh, the uh, uh, coronavirus. I'm sure you, you know, the interesting article in uh, actually detailing the specifics of, uh, of, of you know, is this a smoking gun? What actually happened at, yeah. at yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, what they believe is the Wuhan lab last year and the specifics right. about it? Yeah. yeah. It was really, really interesting. And mm-hmm. I'm amazed that's not a bigger story. Yeah, and uh, uh, let me see what else is. Oh, the uh, the Fox News Dominion uh, 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 defamation uh, lawsuit has been settled. Yeah, I asked you, is that the biggest defamation lawsuit uh, agreement ever? Um, the amount on, on the settlement on, side. On the settlement side, I, it, it's definitely one of the biggest. But I haven't found any data uh, in the media. There was uh, there was one. From ABC, uh, that was over a hundred million. I think it was one hundred and twenty-two going back a number of years. But um, I think this has to be one of the largest settlements, not not decisions in a case, because sometimes it can be, you know, settled down later. Uh, you see, well, the jury awarded this. No, this is a settlement, so it's definitely one of the largest. Uh, plus Mayorkas appearing before the Senate yesterday. That and more coming up. Eight six six ninety red eye Cold weather takes a toll on trucks. As warmer weather rolls in, it's time to assess the impact winter has had on your vehicle before you find yourself stranded roadside this spring. If you're experiencing sluggish cranking, start your spring maintenance routine by having your electrical system tested by a professional technician. Your batteries, alternator, and starter have been working overtime to keep up with cold starts and thick oil during winter. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low voltage will lead to more damage and downtime later on. Big rigs are big investments. Take care of yours now to help avoid downtime later and keep rolling through to next winter. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. So uh, Biden Education Secretary Cardona uh, was testifying uh, yesterday. You ready for this? All right. Here we go. All right. Oh, sorry. I've got problems with the audio cut. We'll get All it right. straightened out here right. in a little bit. But uh, he was asked three times to uh, uh, answer the question, what's the definition of a woman? Could never answer it. Right. Left uh, essentially just sitting there and, uh, well, I'm, um, well, um, yeah, it's telling. You know, if this, if the general 
uh, election season debate is going to happen. You know, that's one thing, you know, where you get a, a handful of debates between whoever the nominee of the right is and if it is Joe Biden <laughs> on the left. But it has to be far beyond debate season. The debate on all this has to be full on every single day. It needs to be pointed out over and over and over again what their mission is on the left. Yeah. They're not going to win this. We'll we'll have uh, that audio coming up far in the bottom of the hour. All right. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Five hours a night, and still not enough. Listen to our podcast, available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690RedEye. Well, we're going to call it a conspiracy theory. So during the, the bottom of the hour, and, and, and I had promised you that we were going to play uh, Secretary of Education uh, Cardona dodging questions. He would not answer the uh, the question as how to define a woman yeah and uh, you know of course I saw it on YouTube earlier and saved saved it yeah you know saved it to play it when I went to play it again it's just all you know I don't know what I don't know how to describe what the sound is but <laughs> it's all mumble jumble you can't understand it right, and right. and so so <laughs> that was that was directly from YouTube then we went to three or four other sites and you know with the same audio cut. I just checked three. Yeah, it just and so I went right to house.gov. I went to the the government went the house's website and it's the same thing and yeah. it was clear yeah. as could 
possibly be just a couple of hours ago. So is it a conspiracy theory? Or excuse me, is this a conspiracy? Yes, uh, but it is. Uh, so I'll just uh, I'll read you here. <laughs> Secretary of Education uh, 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 Cardona dodged questions from Representative Andrew Clyde on Tuesday when the Georgia Republican asked the Biden administration what it means to be a woman. The tense back and forth took place during a House Appropriations Committee hearing where Cardona defended proposed changes to Title IX rules that would make it illegal for schools to ban transgender athletes from playing on sports teams consistent with their gender identity. So the whole point is, you know, they get into the, you know, what was Title IX originally about? Biological women. And so since you're making this change, can you please uh, tell me or can you please define for me what is a woman? Mm. And, of course, he deflected the question, only answering that the focus of the Department of uh, Education is to provide equal access to students, including students who are LGBTQ access free from discrimination unsatisfied with cardona's response he persisted in the line of questioning once again asking the education secretary what is the definition of a woman uh, i think that's almost secondary to the important role that i have as secretary of education and then clyde kept saying oh so you refused to answer the question when asked again Cardona answered that his job is to make sure that all students have access to public education, which includes co-curricular activities. So I have this question to ask, and, and he was asked other questions about Title IX, would not answer any question. Right, yeah. So I, I have this uh, comment, you know, or this question for the liberal transgender activist movement. These people who support your cause won't publicly say so. Why? Why is that? Why aren't they proud to promote it? Now, you had Gomez from California. Mm -hmm. He's proud to promote it. He won't debate mm -hmm. it, I'm sure. And I'm sure if you ask him what the definition of a woman is, he can't tell you either because no Democrat can tell you what the definition of a woman is. Right. Biden and, thinks there are only three genders. Right. So which, <laughs> what you get from exactly what you get from what you get from Gomez. Uh, OK, I'm not actually going to have the debate. You're just bigots. Well, right. fine. Name calling. What, what you're proposing, because Gomez was talking about again, uh, children and transgenderism. Mm -hmm. Well, then fine. You're promoting child abuse, and you're a sexist and a misogynist. Now we've got the name calling done. Let's debate the actual issue, which you will d not do. Nobody on the Democrat side will actually argue the 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 points will actually not debate the points and if you attempt to debate the points they simply say well you're transphobic mm -hmm. well then fine then we're going to go right back to well then you're pro child abuse a sexist and a misogynist yeah so and we'll explain why you are yeah they won't explain when they label you they won't explain the label because they can't what cowards what absolute cowards they are. Yeah, and The liberal transgender activist movement is, and the politicians that support it are the biggest bunch of damn cowards that you could possibly ever imagine. Why don't, why don't they promote what they believe in? Why yep. don't they actively promote what they believe in? Why, don't they, why aren't they proud to say it? Yep. Explain why. Why aren't you proud to debate it? Because you know you're not winning it. Right. They know they can't win it with the American public, and that's why. You're not going to win this, and it's, it is, you're not going to win it with the public. 
You're certainly not going to win it with parents. This is the line that has been drawn. But they refuse to show up and proudly promote what they're doing. Why? We've talked about over the years a number of things for liberals. And we've asked a question for the liberal rank and file. Why aren't you furious that they're not fighting? They're not fighting for you. Why aren't they proud to promote it? Every one of them shouting like Gomez was shouting. Why aren't they? And and can they do it without name-calling? No. We can get the name-calling out of the way. Okay. All right. Uh, each side gets five minutes of name-calling. <laughs> Every hearing now. Every hearing starts five minutes of name-calling. Nothing but name-calling. And you will be out of line if you're not calling somebody a name. Then get it out of the way. Then come back on the second round. And it's time to promote what you believe in. I'm, I'm looking here, and it, it, it did get uh, plenty of uh, publicity. You know, even on oh, yeah. outlets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Cardona refuses to define woman. Yahoo News. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, MSN. Watch Education Secretary Cardona refuses to answer what is a woman. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Washington Examiner. I mean, they're a conservative outlet, but watch Education Secretary Cardona refuse to answer what is a woman, a TV station in Seattle. What is a woman? Biden official refuses to define a woman. New York Post Education Secretary refuses to define a woman. Fox News Education Secretary refuses to define a, uh, a woman. So, you know, you're good. But when you get to Yahoo and MSN, uh, you know, then you're getting to the then you're getting to the points where the liberal media is even you know willing to promote that. Yeah, it's really amazing though. It's really made. Think about that. <laughs> Think <laughs> and remember the Supreme Court. And by the way, as we said, the Supreme Court uh, 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 Justice Jackson should have been charged with perjury when she mm-hmm. said she can't define a woman. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute lie. They can all define what a woman is. They won't. Right. And we stated that when she was serving, and the, and we said that makes her not uh, that that makes her not qualified to be a Supreme Court justice, because if you can't define a woman, how can you make any judgment on any women's issue out there? Right. If you can't define what a woman countless is, countless cases involving women, and mm-hmm. we're supposed to trust that she can make a sound decision. Right. As we said at the time, we got no pushback on that at all because you you can't argue that. How can you argue? How can you argue and talk about women's rights? But then again, the left does not believe in women's rights anymore. No, they don't don't. believe in opportunity for women. No, the sexism and misogyny is just so blatant. And now with their focus and obsession on children and transgenderism, they've now gone to a mindset of child abuse. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And it's disgusting, and, and it's, it's perverted, parents, and that's what they've begun, and that's what the Democratic Party has become. And parents, if they disagree with their children, are abusive. Yeah. And every Democrat knows, listening right now, knows it's the truth. You know, if you're a Democrat out there, you know that your party right now, on so many issues, number one, 
on all the major issues, they're lying, and you know it. And you know that on a number of issues, including the liberal transgender activist movement, their mindset, what they think, what they promote as their opinion is absolutely insane, and you know it. You know, this goes so far beyond identity politics, because in my mind, I'm thinking of all the, uh, you know, I guess we could say old school Democrats that have said, uh, Tim Ryan is one of them, but a, a handful of them uh, in recent years that have said identity politics is going to kill our, our party. This is so far beyond that. <laughs> so no, that's far a great beyond point. that. Remember those good old days? I'm old <laughs> enough to remember identity <laughs> politics because I'm thinking to myself, who's going to be that Tim Ryan on this issue? We've got to stop talking about letting children make a decision on genital mutilation surgery. We've got to stop talking about anybody doing that kind of surgery on a minor. We've got to run from that gasoline fire fast. As a party, we have to abandon that completely. We have to sever the ties and let that little tugboat float out on its own and hope it disappears and sinks. Is there one Democrat that has said anything like that? No. One Democrat. On I the, haven't seen on, on, one. On, on the national level, in Congress, or in the Biden administration. Maybe a couple been. of them. They didn't say it in so many words, but a couple of them on the state level have said, I'm yes. no longer a Democrat. Right. right. I'm but changing I, parties. But no, nobody on the, on the left, nobody on the left is, is, is coming out and saying that part of it. We're not talking about adults making decisions for themselves. Right. We're talking about children. And you want to commit child abuse if you support any minor having that surgery. There is no exception to that. Full stop. You're promoting child abuse. And if you're responsible for that surgery and you took part in it, you should be in prison. You talked about, uh, did we talk about it on there or off the air? I can't remember where, because <laughs> the, show, the show never stops. Mm. Where, we were, where I know when we were in the conversation, you initiated it where you said, lawsuits are going to end this kind of surgery yeah we were we were uh, when we first started that conversation it was uh the other night in a pre-show meeting when you look at the opioid lawsuits and there's still a lot of them that are on the docket right now and it's eventually going to end opioids i mean there's they're just the pharmaceutical company companies right now are scrambling to find um other uh alternatives to pain management and there's certainly right now a much different protocol, not just as a matter of law, but also as a matter of practice uh, in the private sector on how those pain meds are managed. It's it's a very different world. And, and for those that experienced that pain and were benefiting from opioids, it's it's quite unfortunate, but we'll see where it, where it goes. The, the whole idea, though, here is that this is surgery that can't be reversed. And I think if there are minors involved, there's, it's a given there are going to be lawsuits eventually. There are going to be lawsuits 
with adults. We already hear the stories of, well, I was, you know, I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm in counseling. All of a sudden I'm being told by everybody, this is what I need to do. And people coming and then going through uh, a mental health crisis and coming back and saying, I felt like I wasn't treated for my mental health crisis. And during that, I was essentially being groomed to make the transition. There's a reason that the word detransitioning is a word. It has a meaning. And I can't speak for anybody that's in that situation. All like there are plenty of people that made the transition and don't have that regret or at least seemingly don't have that regret. And I want everybody to be uh, to feel like as an adult, they can live their life. But when you have a surgery and it's irreversible, you can bet there are going to be lawsuits and it's going to be a long line of them. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Well, the Democrats can't define what a woman is. They can't define what a uh, what uh, an, uh, an assault weapon is. Yeah. Uh, and we'll actually, if this is the ATF director, could not define what an assault uh, rifle is. Right. It's just amazing. Or assault, assault weapon. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to uh, that, plus the new pulling out public pessimism on the economy. It's a new high. Highs never seen before. Yeah. And not a good high. Not the good kind no, of high. No, not a good high. At all. Not the high of sobriety. The good high. Uh, do we cover, yeah, that's the good high. Do we cover ourselves? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, also the uh, uh, Fox Dominion lawsuit is uh, done because it will not go to trial. They uh, made an agreement. Yeah. We'll tell you what that is coming up. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. You know, we're talking about the fact that uh, you had the education secretary that uh, could not define a woman uh, yesterday, and you start thinking about it, how many words the Democrats can't define. For example, Mayorkers can't define what secure is. What does secure mean? Right. Uh, and now you have 
the uh, director of the ATF, Steve Dettelbach. He can't define what an assault weapon is. Uh, as a gun owner uh, of many different types and a 20-year military veteran, I have some expertise in weaponry uh, and self-defense weapons. What could you, in 15 seconds, would you define an assault weapon for me? So, so if as you go after that 15 seconds, I'll just interrupt you. Yeah, so, so, so I'll go shorter than that because I, I honestly, I do think that's a, if Congress wishes to take that up, I think Congress would have to do the work. But we would be there to provide technical assistance. I, unlike you, I'm not a firearms expert to the. We can end there. The head of the ATF, and I'm not a firearms expert. Yeah. All right. It's a media-driven label is what it is. Of course it is. And there is no legal definition of it. It's only brought up in order for those who want gun control to, and they're the ones using it. Right, and that's but that's the point that we bring up. If you wish to ban something, you should be able to define what it is. And they've been talking about banning assault weapons since I've been a talk show host. And the reason that they always stop short of moving in that direction is that if you were to do that, then you have to break it down to what the actual rifle is. And it would then encompass a number of rifles. Is it based on the way it looks? Is it based on the color? So based on anything that is unique to the actions of the rifle, because if not, then you've got this wide berth for gun grabbers to come in through legislators and then outlaw a number, if not most, rifles. And... That's exactly where it would go. And they stop short of it because they know they don't win. They don't win this. They win the, they think they win the emotional argument in the wake of a horrific event. They think that they are on the high road when they keep blaming the inanimate object. But the American people don't see it that way. Otherwise, you would have had this done a long time ago. You had the votes. Remember um, the question to Obama? Why hasn't President Obama, back when he was president, why hasn't President Obama done anything on gun control? Well, he's very busy. Remember that? Yep. No, you had the votes. And remember what we did? Mm. (laughs) We actually took all the times that he went golfing. Yeah, right. And we said, okay, here are the hours that he has spent golfing over this time. Uh, he dedicate just a fraction of that time. Right. And and we just said, all you have to yeah. do is, you know, if 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 it's the lead issue of importance to Democrats, you would believe. And I forgot what we, but we had, we actually went through how many times he had golfed, what the number of hours were, because how long it takes, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, to, to, to golf. And still, as you know, I'm getting ticked off because we're talking about Obama and how much he golfed. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he was president, and, and it's just like I don't have any time to golf. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> and, and these are presidents. 
Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, we just said, well, all you had to do is, you know, give up 5% of your golf and you would have, and I think we, I forgot how many, you'd have an hour a week. You to should, dis- to you discuss should run this. for office. It would improve your golf game. <laughs> yeah, you know, I may run for president. It would open up your golf. I could, I could golf. No, but this is, and, and we broke down. We said, okay, all right, this is how many times he's golfed. Take a fraction of, of each of those uh, golf sessions and dedicate, I think we did like one hour or something a week, mm-hmm. right? A one-hour meeting a week on gun control. Because the real answer is because it ain't going to happen. Right. We have the votes on Capitol Hill because they did for the first two years of his presidency. And in terms of the party vote, if you were going strictly by the party vote, but you're not going to get that from every Democrat. You're not going to get it from Democrats, and the reason is is because the American people don't want it. And so you can call them whatever you want, but they're rifles. And we even suggested that uh, suggested that uh, Obama should p- play an executive course, which is a ah, shorter yes, course right. of basically par fours and par threes. Mm. And therefore, you can play that in about two hours instead yeah. of four to five hours. Still play golf. Right, which would give you an opportunity to, yeah. you know, focus on gun. Co- well, I mean, it was a load of, a load of horse doo-doo, as we all know. He could still hang out with George Clooney for a little while and still get in the meetings on gun control. <laughs> And you know something, mm. you see, Trump, they criticize him for playing golf, but he was much less of a disturbance playing golf because he'd play at his own golf courses. Yeah. When Obama would play, he'd go on to golf courses and he would ruin everybody else's tee times. Trump playing golf is like any of us hanging out in our yard. <laughs> when you own it, it makes it much Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I had to I had to play that because you just you shake your head when you start thinking that Democrats can't even define the things that they're for. No, they can't because they have to say it out loud, and if they say it out loud, they know at the top. You know, again, the uh, any of the representatives and 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 activists can shout it from the top of their lungs, but those who are at the top, this by the way, this is this is why Greta was was so disappointed early on. I don't even know that she made it to 18 before she gave up. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'd have to check that. But she was so disappointed because oh, she's out there crying and, 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 and making her passionate plea on climate change. And then she looks at, well, wait a minute, what are they actually doing? And what would they do if they could? Oh, nothing. Oh, okay. And we talked about it earlier. Um, if you're if you're a, a transgender activist, then why is it that they can't shout at the? Why aren't they shouting? All of them. Yeah. Chuck. Uh, Jeffrey's. Uh, uh, the president, the vice president, every day, all day. Why aren't they? Oh, because politically, it's a loser. Well, number one, they never have to debate the issue. All they have to do is basically throw slogans at you that the other side are bigots without ever having to define 
you know, w- you know why the other side is bigots. They just throw that out. They can't define it. As we've said, we can define when we say that uh, the mindset now of the politicians that support the liberal transgender activist movement are about child abuse, sexism, and misogyny. We can give you the specific reasons, and we have, and we do it every single day. Mm-hmm. They can't. No. Except no. they say, well, you're against this. Or you're against, I mean, they did try, they, they, and they, they, you have a few try. Well, children have rights. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't have the right to surgery. Right. Irreversible surgery. They don't have the same rights of adults. We, we, uh, we, we know that, you know, you're, and my favorite was though, my favorite of all time, I seriously was the banning of books where they were going after DeSantis for banning books. And so they. Yeah. DeSantis did the press conference where he showed what books was not age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Because remember, they said banning books. They didn't say they didn't say they they didn't come out and say, look, it's about having age appropriate literature for young kids. Right. And and so they open up these books that are in the schools out there, and the television stations can't take a picture of the books because of FCC regulations on obscenity. Yeah. That was the best. Yeah. That was the best ever. I, yeah. We can't allow adults to see this. Right. That was the best. I, I But that's, again, you know, it, it's the playing field right now is so visible to everybody. You just have to look at it. You don't even, honestly... You don't even have to bury your head anymore. I mean, it, 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 this is what the left has done for the longest time. You know, many have just, well, look the other way, bury my head, close the door, turn the lights off, draw the blinds. The fact of the matter is, it's not going away. That's, that's not going to work for you. And the reason is, is because... When it comes to the Second Amendment, it's very clear with the American people. When it comes to children and sexualized material in schools and genital mutilation surgery, you're not going to win that either. Nope. 86690 Red Eye. Most owner operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per-mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay, mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. 
Sherotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So the uh, uh, Fox News Dominion lawsuit, uh, $787 million settlement in the defamation lawsuit. Fox has agreed to pay Dominion $787 million. Wow. And they admitted. They admitted that what they broadcast was false. There was, was the admission in there. You know, you and I... Had, said unless that happens, you know, unless that happens, we wondered whether uh, Dominion, Dominion would actually, you know, agree to settle Yeah, with that uh, uh, in there. Um, and so I'll find the exact quote from the lawyer coming up here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, the uh, lawyers, you know, in the statement, they made the statement that it was, you know, we got this behind us. It's false. But as you pointed out, the Smartmatic lawsuit is still there. $2.6 billion. And Smartmatic actually issued a statement yesterday basically saying, okay. Uh, in, in fact, here it is. Um, Dominion's litigation exposed some of the misconduct and damage caused by Fox's disinformation campaign. Smartmatic will expose the rest. So... That's not over. And that's two point, uh, that lawsuit is $2.7 billion. And the, the day after it was filed, uh, Fox Business canceled the Lou Dobbs show. Lou Dobbs is named mm-hmm. as the defendant. And so if, if they've settled here with Dominion, then certainly they're looking to settle with Smartmatic. And I'm guessing it would be a larger settlement. I don't know. Fox spokesperson said, we are pleased to have reached a settlement with our... <laughs> pleased. <laughs> Nobody's pleased to hand over $787 million. No. We are pleased to have reached a settlement uh, of our dispute with Dominion Voting Systems. We acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. Yeah. Uh, the last-minute settlement... $787.5 million. Uh, Fox has admitted to, quote, Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion that caused enormous damage to my company, our employees, and the customers we serve. Dominion CEO John Polis said at a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, nothing can ever make up for that. Hmm. Uh, Dominion, I think, got what they wanted. And in a yeah. situ- in a yeah, situ- yeah. in a situation with Fox, they actually did get what they wanted, which was not to have their entire primetime lineup having to admit that they knew that that they believed. Because that's the one thing that I that's the one thing that I take out of this. Mm-hmm. When you look at the producers and the hosts there, the primetime hosts, that actually on company email. 
let the world know that what they were saying on the air was not what they felt personally. I can't, I will say, I'm going to say this, and, and uh, you know, a couple of those hosts we, we know and have had, you know, relationships with uh, in professional relationships uh, in the past and good professional relationships. I can't believe they were that stupid to actually on company email say things that in essence were polar opposites to what they were saying on the air. Well, first of all, I don't know why you would have to, you, you know, if, if there is this consensus that you have to go on the air and, and pretend you're something you're not, that you believe something you don't. I don't know what the purpose is. I was amazed because I went through social media and there were some people saying, you know, Fox should have never settled. They should have never settled. Uh, you know, the, you know, and, you know, the election was stolen, whatever. And there were people that would, you know, post afterwards agreeing that Fox should have never settled, should have never settled. And then you'd have an occasional one saying, guys, do you know that they admitted? Do you? And it was amazing the number of people that had no idea that the emails had come out. Mm-hmm about what the host and producers and management had actually said behind the scenes versus what they were promoting on the air. It was amazing the number of people that had no idea, like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And then they'd post stories. Here's the stories. Here's what the hosts were saying on company email. That still, to me, is the most mind-boggling thing anyway. You and I said this, and, and this is the way we are. I don't ever have to worry. I would never say anything off the air that I'm not willing to say on the air. No. Ever. Now, and now, now that's just in my personal life to people that I know. And A few choice curse words, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah, a few choice curse words. But, I mean, what we believe on the issues. Yeah, no. I'm... And, and, but, but here's the thing. It gives, a perpetu- it, it gives that perception, not perpetuation, perception. Because we got that. I got that for years. I don't get it as much anymore. What do you really believe on the issues? Because we know you basically have to say what you, you know, yeah. what what the. Yeah. No, know, that came up recently right, with me to, again. Toe with the company line is it's like, yeah, well, yeah. no, I say whatever I want to say. Yeah. Oh, come on. They can't won't allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what they allow us that's to do. That's the whole point. That's the entire point of it. And, and so uh, to me, that's the one thing. But to say it on company email, even if you were doing that. You might say it to somebody, hey, here's what I really think. But but to put it officially on company email and then have the record of what you believe actually on videotape? Wow. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a settlement very soon of Fox News with uh, with Smartmatic. I don't know why you would go to trial with Smartmatic after the settlement with Dominion. And and the thing with Smartmatic is, is from the beginning on, and you know that was our first clue where we said they can't back this stuff up. You I, know, this is you know they're they're and we you know we said this about oh I can't think of her name now. What's her name again? Can't think of the lawyer. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. We mm-hmm. said you know, and we were fans of Sydney Powell with the Michael of how she defended Michael Flynn, mm-hmm. and we went, what the hell? Ha- what what's wrong with her? Uh, and we had stated she's lying, and then the Trump campaign basically sep- separated themselves, you know, uh, from her, mm-hmm. and that was when Tucker Carlson even said, okay, things are, you know, he didn't go as far as he did off the air. Mm-hmm. If you saw the emails that he had off the air. Right, where he right. just, you know, laid in. But um, uh, but you could tell at that point, it's like, okay, there was there was suspicion. You you knew it. And if Tucker Carlson was suspicious, everybody else was. And now we know by the emails that they thought that the Trump campaign was, well, I won't use the language they use, but um, was uh, incorrect on their analysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's been... <laughs> That's being very generous of the mm-hmm. the emails that some of the Fox personalities actually put out about what they thought about the Trump campaign and the lawyers mm-hmm. and or or the Trump uh, I guess it would be the Trump lawyers or Trump after because the campaign was over at that point mm-hmm. uh, but um, uh, and and so they they weren't buying a lot of the stuff that was on the air now Smartmatic probably has even more of a case in Dominion. Because they weren't even involved in the election, except for one county in California. Well, after they weren't even involved in it. Yeah, and after yesterday, uh, it's very clear. I, I would be surprised to learn that they weren't already, you know, reaching out behind closed doors um, to smart to Smartmatic uh, and and trying to get a settlement deal, they, even with the statement that Smartmatic issued yesterday. Uh, there's likely been a quite a bit of contact. In fact, if you look at the two cases, um, it probably would have served Fox News uh, more to, they, they probably would have been better served to reach a deal with Smartmatic before Dominion. No, that's a great point. And that's a now, great point. Now they've got this big 2.7 billion dollar lawsuit you've got a couple of things here with the settlement with dominion and also the firing of lou dobbs the day after the suit was filed those are two big admissions you don't need them to say anything you can judge through the actions and that's what you see here is that oh okay now, you can also look at it on the firing of Lou Dobbs. Look, we believe that was their responsible behavior, and we nipped it in the bud as soon as you know we came to that realization, and we took care of that issue. And we, the host, is no longer employed mm-hmm. uh, at our so you, at our company. And so you're making the point that we, you know, we made the correct decision. Right. You know, we right. we said this is wrong, and we did it. Yeah. And so hopefully, you're saying okay. 
can we lower the amount? But I, I'm I don't know the I don't it, know the comments if they if they are exclusive to Lou Dobbs or his program or his guests. Right. I don't know or Fox Business itself. I don't know uh, because I haven't seen the lawsuit. But um, if that is the case, if it was based on the comments made by only in that one hour programming or whatever, um, then there are you could you could look at it and say, okay, uh, well, Fox News took care of that issue, except for then, all right, you have to go back and look at the, the, the history leading up to the end of Lou Dobbs on, on Fox Business and find out how many times was something said, who knew that false information was being given out, they, and, and, and then went on the air and said otherwise. All of these things, you know, are, would be important, um, but it just depends on what, what Smartmatic is looking at. And which comments and and uh, and programs and hosts they're they're focusing. No, and and when you look at yeah, because when uh, the uh, this trial would have featured this trial would have featured more than twelve thousand exhibits. Dominion had seven thousand. Fox had five thousand. Hmm. And you and I had said it's very tough to look at it because we we don't know what Dominion was you know the specific things that they were looking at that that they thought that they could prove a better case of defamation by saying, here's what the host said. I don't know what the specific things that they were going to use at that point. Now, it was interesting because uh, uh, Dershowitz, you see Dershowitz commenting on it. Mm. One of the, well, one of the things he is, this is really, this was fascinating to me because he said, well, he doesn't believe that, you know, he said the Supreme Court said basically that corporations are people, uh, but he doesn't believe it, and that's one of the reasons he doesn't believe that defamation applies mm. to a corporation as much as it does. And I'm like, well, okay, so conservatives that uh, back the fact that uh, you know that you have that corporations have freedom of speech, however you want to define it, that corporations are built of people, and therefore those people and corporations and those boards, of course, they have freedom of speech. It's not taken away because you decide to get into. Uh, a infrastructure that a state sets up to organize businesses, you don't lose your freedom of speech rights. That's how I would have explained it uh, if I was a Supreme Court justice in in those very simple terms. The whole thing that a corporation is a person, though, if you if you look at that literally, of course, a corporation itself is not a person. A corporation is a set of laws that a state creates that involves people. Mm-hmm. And and so you can you can get into the minutia of how you 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 define it, uh, but I still think Dershowitz is wrong in it. I believe you can defame a company. Well, it, it, a corporation uh, that is a media corporation has a, a number of exceptions, and so when you look at it and say, okay, but it's it's not just the corporation; it's what does the what is the corporation responsible for? Yeah, but I'm talking about Dominion on Dominion mm-hmm. side. The Dominion, not not Fox's side, but Dominion's side. Okay, All you know, right. that that what they're looking at is that you know that that they allowed that the host allowed these people that on a to, corporation can't be defamed. Right, that was the point that he was trying to make the mm. the, the case that a oh okay that a corporation All right. All right. can't be defamed because they're mm. not a person. Yeah, and but but the Supreme Court ruling well, that he the, disagreed but with. They they mm, yeah because then you get into the. The definition of defamation, because it it is, all right, what is their, 
uh, corporate reputation based on the work that they do. And that reputation, as they build it out, and, you know, if they're involved in elections, then they can, as a software company, then, all right, we're, we've been involved in elections, we're part of American history, and they build out this reputation that helps them to build greater revenue, to, to build business, a greater, right, right. you know, the, the, um, the customer base. And so, yeah, a, a corporation can be defamed. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're going in and saying, well, they're not what they say they are. I mean, if the claim, which basically was the basis of this entire idea, well, they, you know, they did something so nefarious. It was the essence of what they do as a corporation was not really that it was something nefarious to the point that right. it was changed that was right. the claim well, it was criminal and and yeah to the point the yes the and that they were they were uh committing crimes by doing that right. uh repeatedly because you could extrapolate that out to every election every precinct that they had software in and and every election that they were involved in and and you know so those would all be counts if it were to have been true, but when you make the claim that no, this is you know they're they're breaking the law, and they're not just a software company, they are rigging elections. Then again, I'm not a lawyer, but that would fit mm-hmm. defamation in, in and my and my uh, and 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 opinion. the thing is, and and you look, we view ourselves as autonomous, and we always have. When people mm-hmm. have called the show and they said, well. All of you, can, you know, don't don't lump us in with anybody. We'll we'll take responsibility for what we say on the air. We don't take responsibility for anything else. But mm-hmm. it does, you know, it it does it does help to taint the conservative media industry that you had Fox hosts that were saying things that were diametrically different than what they were saying on the air through emails, and it does continue the perception that what. Uh, what conservatives do on because you know you and I both have been hit with this in the past that uh, it does promote the perception that conservative talk radio is simply parroting the talking points of the Republican Party mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that couldn't be further from the truth in our case mm-hmm. because you know we're conservative and we're libertarian and we're going to tell you what we think. Every opinion that we hold on the air is the same opinion that we hold off the air. And to prove that point, we called out Fox News and our audience, a significant portion of our audience, was furious at us for telling the truth. Now, we've done this long enough where this has happened to us before, Mm -hmm. where you have a significant portion of the audience turn against you for telling the truth and not putting out the false narrative and that's why we've said we've got to stop lying as a society and conservatives need to stop lying too or people that call themselves conservatives need to stop lying also but we you know we took the hit up front and it doesn't i was when i came in i said you know you know i guess we could spike the ball tonight 
but we're not we don't do that because I'm just disappointed because I believe that the conservative media overall has done incredible things in this country where nobody will stand up for what's going on, the insanity that's going on. And I talked about this during, you know, for example, Black Lives Matter. It was only conservative radio that was telling you the truth in that matter. Everybody else was lying. And I do hold the conservative media to a higher standard, ourselves included, that, you know, we don't have to lie, so don't lie. And I don't I don't have to, to uh, go out and build something that's not there, especially on someone else's account. No. But we called out the Trump campaign when this all happened. And, you know, temporarily, I guess you pay for it because of the feedback, you know, that we got back, which was quite vicious, but we stood our ground and we were right. And but I don't there's no joy, there's no spiking the ball. It's it's sad that it's come to that point where people that call themselves conservatives and Republicans, you know, will not look at reality. Were there problems in the election? Yeah, we called out each and every one. We went point by point by point and told you what was a lie and what was not a lie. And in every single case, we were right. I wasn't the one standing at a podium with hair dye running down my cheek promising something I couldn't deliver. Who was when that? they stood Giuliani. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yes, I forgot about that. When, because right. the day before, when they announced they were going to have a press event, I fully expected it to be outside of a court, courthouse. This is what we just filed. Here's yeah. the paperwork. Here's the proof. We're going to demonstrate this to the American people. Here's what actually happened. And instead, we got a set of lies repeatedly. Yep. I still can't tell you why that was the case i don't know why in the world you feel like you have to do that Eight six six ninety red eye get in touch with red eye radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Trump versus DeSantis, the latest, along with Chris Christie, comments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did, you see, right. did you see David Harzani's tweet on Chris Christie yesterday? No. Oh, right, you're going to want to hear it then, coming up following the top. Of the, I don't have it with me at the moment, but. All right. When Chris Christie came out and said that uh, because of the Disney thing that uh, DeSantis is showing that he's not a conservative, or he's not a capitalist. There's hmm. <laughs> any, and I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, says eh, he'll be begging for a job in the DeSantis White House. <laughs> <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio.
on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Good morning. Well, yes. Do you do you think that the media is just obsessed with the polls between Trump and DeSantis? <laughs> way, 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 way too early from and and this from a couple of guys yeah. <laughs> who love seeing where the polls go. Yeah, but. I'm just like the obsession about it. Uh, You're not going to know where we stand till eight, nine months from now. Yeah. DeSantis isn't even in. No, no, no. Apparently he'll make a decision in the next few weeks. And so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, the, the, the civil trial, the, the rape trial coming up for Trump. Hmm. What might come out of that that the media will use? The the point, there may be nothing, but our point is there's so many things that can happen between now and next year. There's a long, long time. You know, who knows? Uh, Chris Christie could be leading at this point. Ne- okay, I'm making that up. <laughs> That's not going to happen. No. Unless he decides to become a Democrat. And even still, no. Um, no, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have, uh, between now and November of next year, we're going to have at least 19 more months of inflation. <laughs> that That is almost certain, yes. Yep. We can be so, certain of that. Um, the impact on a number of things, though. I think uh, this summer and the and the hearings surrounding the whole Hunter Biden thing. Um, but I do think that, you know, because the game changes between people wanting DeSantis to get in and DeSantis being in. But it's it's the, the playing field is going to change as more and more by the end of the summer jump in. Uh, but really, everyone's just waiting on, on for the Republicans. It's just about whether or not DeSantis is going to run. And so if he jumps in, then look, unofficially, it's it's begun. It, it mm-hmm. looks official because yeah. the back and forth. Uh, it looks like it officially began because of the back and forth. But it's not, you know, it, it is a game changer when you're spending money and putting ads out and you're campaigning and you're doing your own rallies uh versus uh trump doing his rallies and and also the cases that you know that are pending against trump we'll see where they go um but ultimately um you know then you look to the debate stage in in august and that's where the real 
debate is going to is going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen every day, but the debate stage um, can can quite often change the direction of the campaign. There are so many things that are you look at the numbers in the polls, uh, the morning consult poll that came out yesterday and it showed that Trump dropped a few points. He was at 57 among uh, Republican voters, 57 percent. And then he dropped to 53 percent in this latest poll that came out. And DeSantis is at 24. But when DeSantis is actually in, how does that change? Right. And the head to head. And the other poll that showed it that it had dropped 10 points, 52, I think it was 36 for for Trump. If it was head to head on the other poll that I was uh, that, that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And I, I will I will say this, that um, what I what I find interesting, we was it yesterday we played the two ads or was it the day before? I can't remember. We played the you know the the Trump pack ad ad against uh, mm-hmm. DeSantis, mm-hmm. then the DeSantis uh, uh, ad, the pack ad. These are yeah. pack, the packs. Right. These aren't the campaigns right. uh, <clears throat> running it. These are separate packs. Uh, but we uh, the one pack that's running the DeSantis ad that uh, said what basically what has happened to Donald Trump? Yeah, and you and I discussed mm-hmm. that, and and I thought what happened over the last 24 hours with the whole Disney thing. I went, hmm, is DeSantis going to take advantage of that? Because, you know, as as we know, the whole Disney thing has come back up uh, again. I'm not going to get all the minutia of it, uh, but uh, Disney um, found a, you know, found a loophole where they thought they could go around what DeSantis was trying to do because Disney as a as a corporation can set their own regulations i mean even pollution regulations they have what nobody else has in florida no other business has right. what what disney has and after they came out to teach sexualized content to uh 5 year olds uh desantis went after them and said we're going to pull the, these special things uh, uh from you so it's continuing he's still going to do it and then Disney came out and, you know, and uh, Disney came out and said, OK, we're going to have a pride day. And so this is going back and forth. And then you had Trump come out and uh, say Disney's next move will be the announcement that no money will be invested in Florida because of the governor. He wrote in true social. In fact, they could even announce a slow withdrawal or sale of certain properties or the whole thing. Watch. That would be killer. In the meantime, this is all unnecessary. A political stunt which got the headline in the Wall Street Journal, Donald Trump sides with Disney. Hmm. And so, you know, I looked at this and I thought DeSantis all along, using the word woke is okay, you can use it, but I think you need to be specific on the idea. And I think all along, every time DeSantis speaks and, and every message that comes out should be, Disney wishes to teach sexualized content to five-year-olds. That's why we're pulling this. Any company that wishes to do that does should not be getting special. They're, they make billions of dollars a year, and we have given them over the years special tax privileges, regulation privileges that no other company in the state of Florida gets. Now, Chris Christie came out and said, this proves that he's not a capitalist. No, it doesn't. No. No, it doesn't. No. To sit there and say... Here's a company that we have given we have given special 
dispensations to that we give to no other industry in the state of Florida. And now they come out with this. You can explain that and you can win that politically. He didn't approach this. He's not. DeSantis is not the one who approached Disney. Disney engaged. So I would say to uh, Chris Christie or anybody else, well, he's he's showing that he's not a capitalist and blah, blah, blah. and, And he said something to the effect of, you know, this is how liberals operate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, tell that to Disney. Do they believe in capitalism? They they believe in going to war with the parents. This is not Disney versus DeSantis. It is in the media. In reality, it's mm-hmm. Disney versus the parents. As they, I want to read what the Wall Street Journal wrote on this because the uh, uh, DeSantis has a strong case last year when he championed legislation revoking special self-governing privileges that provided favorable tax and regulatory treatment for Disney World that other companies don't get. The move was a response to Disney's unnecessary decision to attack Florida's mislabeled "Don't Say Gay" law, as the governor wrote in these pages in February. Florida's Parental Rights uh, in Education Act merely limits classroom instruction on sexuality and gender ideology in grades K through 3 and requires that sex instruction in other grades be age appropriate, which probably 99% of parents would agree. But while Mr. DeSantis was distracted by other matters, Disney in February clawed back some of the authority that the legislation sought to cancel. The press mocked the governor for being outmaneuvered, not wanting to look weak. Mr. DeSantis attacked the company in Trumpian fashion. Disney responded by announcing that it will host the largest LGBTQ conference in the world at its Orlando resort, which may not endear it to parents who are dismayed by its aggressive promotion of woke culture. So now Mr. DeSantis is escalating the feud and threatening to set up a rival state amusement park or even a prison next to the Magic Kingdom. Nobody emerges from this looking good. Mr. DeSantis is escalating a feud with a business that risks alienating moderate and independent voters who otherwise support Florida's sex education law and his good policies, such as school choice expansion. CEO Robert Iger risks further damage to Disney's Florida assets when its stock price is in the tank. Both would benefit from settling the dispute. But as is his want, Mr. Trump is trying to goad the governor by siding with Mr. Iger. You'd think the former president would be critical of Disney's woke turn, but his only abiding political conviction is personal advantage. He recently sided with plaintiff attorneys against Mr. DeSantis's reasonable tort reforms. Mr. Trump these days attacks Republicans more than Democrats. On Tuesday, he uh, trashed his former chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, as a born loser and perhaps the dumbest person, along with Joe Bo- uh, John Bolton working at the White House. So why did he hire them? Why did he appoint them? If he gets elected president again, who would volunteer for such abuse by working for him? Maybe he can ask Mr. Iger for a hand. Hmm. And and I take this on top of, and 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 again, I do think that the the governor of Florida could have could have done this better. And sometimes when he's sarcastic, and I don't know if he's sarcastic about the whole prison thing, uh, I took that as sarcasm when he said it. So he's going to have to clarify on this. But what I, I'm thinking just in the back and forth, if I'm a political consultant for DeSantis, I would say, okay, you need to bring up where in April of 2016 that Trump was okay with using any bathroom by your gender identification. He was okay with males using, uh, you know, female restrooms, and then he backed off on it. 
Is he going back there again? Who is this man? Where I, I can see him doing something like that. But he himself has to be clear uh, precisely what he is. DeSantis has to be precisely clear why he is doing it each and every day. And be you have to be under the uh, impression that nobody knows what you did yesterday. And so you explain it today about why you're going after uh, Disney. And the other things like putting another amusement park or a prison. I read the prison thing, and I we laughed yesterday. I thought it was sarcastic. Is a Wall Street Journal implying that it, if even if it was sarcastic, it may come across as serious and could alienate some people? They may have a point. Hmm. You have to win every argument. Uh, you have to win every argument, you know, in, in this particular thing. But... With Trump doing that, and then you get headlines, Trump sides with Disney. And then, remember, uh, Donald Trump Jr. was eviscerated for saying, okay, you need to leave Bud Light alone. The entire, I don't know, I was in a group text yesterday with talking to some friends, and they went, what happened here? All of a sudden, it's like the nation has risen up against the liberal transgender activist movement. And I said, well, I'm happy to see it. Because it's immoral what they're doing, as we all know, it's immoral what they're what they're doing, and it is sexist and misogynist. And what they are proposing when it comes to children is child abuse. Mm-hmm. And I and I said so, but I can't honestly tell you. I said sometimes in society something happens because I did not think when that Bud Light, I never saw that coming that it would be so wide ranging. The whole, you know, Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney uh, controversy. I didn't see that coming. I didn't, even when it happened, I didn't think the day that it happened when I read it, that it would have any legs whatsoever. And it may be the defining moment and the turning point in the liberal transgender activist movement. And if you're on the right side of that one, which DeSantis is without question. Does it harm Trump to side with Disney and say profits are more important, profits to Florida, and the business of Disney is more important than what Disney is promoting? Because that's, what he, that's in essence, what Trump did. And if you're going to say that, then you're going to say that any corporation that comes in and makes a threat and endorses this kind of behavior, we're just going to look away. Right. I'm really interested to see what DeSantis' response will be to it. Hmm. Yeah, and because I think I think now it might have been different a month ago, but like I said, yeah. this this Bud Light thing, I, I just I haven't seen this. Maybe it is the maybe well, it was at that moment the pent up emotion of society as a whole just finally got sick and tired of it, and just certain things will set off society to say this is this is ridiculous, this is wrong, and it just starts moving in the opposite direction here's here's the difference on the bud light thing i believe we've said forever we vote with our dollar when you talk about a protest there's a been a number of them <laughs> over the decades of doing this that we've all right i'm not shopping here anymore all right i'm not i'm not gonna uh, subscribe to that anymore i'm not buying that product anymore but we buy a lot of beer as a nation. And we don't buy just one. We buy at the minimum six at a time. 
So when you look at the effect, the retail effects of that was staggering because people said no, because that label, that brand had become a symbol for a movement that they were not going to endorse. And I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to endorse it myself by spending my money on that. That's different than saying, uh, probably we'll cancel this subscription. When you stop buying something that you were buying on a regular basis, I mean, people every day were buying this product and spending money on it. And then habitually, maybe even uh, an addiction, you could say. <laughs> and at the very least, grabbing a six pack every weekend and that was gone yeah. for a lot of people. Too many to not notice it. Eight six six ninety red eye We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So I'm just... Uh, uh, reading uh, here, this was uh, David Harzani from the Federalist.com mm. uh, uh, talking about uh, Chris Christie saying that uh, uh, the whole Disney thing with um, DeSantis is about, uh, you know, this is what liberals did. And he writes, uh, you know, this is, what I, this is what I thought liberals did. In one instance, Dis- Disney sidestepped an effort from DeSantis to create a handpicked oversight board for the Disney district by limiting the board's power. That's not the guy I want sitting across from President Xi and negotiating our next agreement with China or sitting across from Putin and trying to resolve what's happening in Ukraine. If you can't see around the corner uh, that uh, Disney Bob Iger created for you, you have to admit when you screwed up and got taken, it happens, he said, saying of the ordeal and calls uh, DeSantis maturity and judgment into question. All right. David Harzani writes, if history is any indication, Christie will be the first one groveling for a job in the DeSantis administration. <laughs> Yeah, Um, yeah, because, look, uh, for to basically say that that Disney walked DeSantis implied Disney walked DeSantis into this and he didn't see it. Is false. Whatever Disney's next move is, is whatever it's going to be. But the battle is what it has been from the beginning. And keep in mind, this began long before the November elections, an election that DeSantis turned his entire state red after the initial back and forth with Disney. Because this is a battle between Disney and the liberal left and parents in the state of Florida. Not Disney and DeSantis. And that's what anyone who's saying otherwise misses completely, including Chris Christie.
camel's nose is under the tent. And we all know where the elephant is. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Okay, another news. You know, the Republicans, I think, have to call uh, uh, Chuck Schumer out. I'm sure you read the article National Review, Dan McLaughlin. Chuck Schumer's embrace of mobs is a menace to constitutional democracy. This is about what happened at the Tennessee House. Mm-hmm. And he writes first what uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre said. He goes, many defenders of the legislators have simply whitewashed what they did. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre claimed blatantly that students marched to the Capitol to demonstrate peacefully while some legislators merely joined the pro- in the protest, a statement deliberately calculated to convince a listener that this entire thing was about a demonstration outside the state Capitol rather than the use of a mob to prevent the democratically elected legislature for, from debating or making laws. Then have and she has they have a tweet there. Seven thousand children marched to the Tennessee Capitol on Monday to demand uh, safety from gun violence. Instead of tackling the crisis, Republican elected officials in Tennessee are working to expel three Democratic legislators. President Biden has made it clear inaction is uh, unacceptable. Schumer, however, went a step further and actively endorsed the use of mobs to shut down the legislative process. Quote. From Schumer, by courageously participating in nonviolent demonstrations, they challenge procedural rules governing decorum and good behavior. We believe the repeated and preventable slaughter of our children should frustrate and disrupt decorum because this horrifying pattern must never be accepted as business as usual. Moreover, we do not believe that breaking decorum is alone sufficient cause for employing the most draconian of consequences uh, to duly elected lawmakers, emphasis added. Schumer is playing with fire here and not for the first time. In 2020, he stood on the steps of the Supreme Court and delivered a threat. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have unleashed a whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. In 2022, he described American elections as a rigged game. Hmm. The Tennessee protest was not violent, but make no mistake, This was the use of force. When a crowd is uh, interposed to prevent debate and voting by means of noise and physical mass, that is not civil discourse. The leader of the United States Senate, which once called itself the world's greatest deliberative body, should never be in a position of saying that policy disagreements should frustrate and disrupt decorum. He should never be threatening Supreme Court justices with the whirlwind or calling our elections rigged or demanding that critical voices in the media be pulled from the airwaves. He said Tucker Carlson should be pulled from the airwaves at Mm. one point. Mm -hmm. Say what you will of the man. Can you imagine if Mitch McConnell did that? Never in a million years would McConnell have written or signed that letter. Mob rule is bad. But that's, again, uh, one set of rules for Democrats, another set of rules for everybody else. And, of course, with the Tennessee House, they had to lie by omission as to what actually happened. Yeah, of course. They have to lie. And as we have stated, their solution 
Because as we stated, what's, what's the solution? The solution is to ban all guns. That's the ultimate solution of what they want, is to ban all guns. We know that. Right. That's not going to happen. So since it's not going to happen, we have challenged and said, the left is the one that doesn't want solutions. Because even if I was, as I've stated before, completely for gun control, that no American citizen should own a firearm except me. I'm a celebrity. And my, and my armed security. Well, yeah, I'm a celebrity and I have my armed security, you know. Because I, I, I should mean, have going, it in, going I, to extremes because nobody ever would argue that. <laughs> but as we stated before, and, uh, you know, the the, the, uh, the the criticism from, oh, okay, who was it? Uh, was it uh, not Rand Paul? It was uh, Crenshaw, I think. Wasn't it Crenshaw? Representative Crenshaw said two police officers in every school. Yeah. We protect everybody else. We protect right. ourselves. Right. And where was he? Was he on? Uh, oh, yeah, he was on CNN. Well, that would yeah. be. Well, you're saying then uh, we stop the gun problem with more guns. Well, you do. At CNN, you have armed security. We have armed security. You're saying that schools should be different, that we say our children are the most precious things that we have. And your only solution is to remove all guns from law-abiding citizens. And we're saying, well, that's still not going to stop crime. And we're saying put cops in the schools. Mm -hmm. It will help deter it. Right. And then you get from the Democrats, well, it won't be 100%. You can't guarantee that it'll be 100%. Neither can you. Nope. But your statement is that we should take the Second Amendment right from law-abiding citizens. And then your argument is because the Second Amendment is antiquated. How? If, well, if we live in a dangerous society and I'm a law-abiding citizen and I have the ability to defend myself and deter the criminal, how is that an antiquated concept? This is why we said Republicans need to get into the debate. Stop just letting, stop letting the other side define what your opinions are. Well, and stop letting them control the entire conversation. Yeah, they they define the they define all of the terminology for both sides and get away with it because you've decided to what stand down. Who's afraid to have this conversation? You win it every day on the issues. And as we've said, don't wait till they don't wait till they initiate and you respond. That's why, and we give the example of the liberal transgender activist movement for the longest time. We, you know, we, mm-hmm. and, and, and identity politics. We've called it what it is. Democrats are racist because they believe in identity politics. Never give them a chance to label me. I'll label them first, but I'll explain why I'm labeling them a certain phrase or a certain word. Yeah. We explain why. They don't explain, they just call you the word. Yeah. And they never explain why. We can do one better. We can label them with the word or phrase or whatever that is actually accurate by definition and then explain why it's accurate. They can't do that. By their own definition, using right. their own playbook. And we know it because we dealt with this the longest time. Well, the Republicans are racist. How? What issue? Well, they're against illegal immigration. Well, that's not racist. They're against illegal immigration for anybody Coming in. Yeah, but the majority coming. Well, that's not their decision. They didn't dictate who comes in. Are you saying 
that if it was white Europeans that Republicans would be okay with it mm-hmm. based on what statement they said. Well, there's no statement, but it's all code because that's how they think. Well, they haven't said they think this way. You've projected that they think this way without any evidence. Yeah. I can tell you that you're a racist if you're a Democrat, a member of the Democratic Party, because you believe in identity politics, which in essence, and and the uh, prominent Democrats, including Tim Ryan, have talked about how that will destroy the Democratic Party, which is you judge people by groups and not individuals. In fact, critical race theory and the anti-racism that you're teaching is that you are an anti-racist if you judge people by groups, if you judge people as being autonomous human beings and you judge them by their individual character. That, in essence, is now the new racism. Mm -hmm. We can explain everything. They can't. So do it and be aggressive at doing it. And in debating in the arena of ideas, don't wait to defend attack. Very simple. And attack with precision and detail. Very simple, but you have to do it every day, every single day. And they don't. It's as if they, you know, sometimes I wonder, well, do they believe that the left is going to go away? Do they believe that that, that, that <laughs> tomorrow no. the debate is going to change or, or not be there at all? No. You're losing when you don't go on the attack. By the way, when we say that, and again, that's why we... We phrase it what we do. When you're in the arena of ideas, you attack, you debate. We're talking attack. We're, we are talking in the arena of debate, of discussion, of arguing. Mm-hmm. And that's how you win. Because as we have stated before, the Democrats have to lie about every single issue facing the American public today, from inflation to the border to gender, yeah. to sex, to racism. They lie about everything. And we've seen it just in the last day. And we, you, we, you can use their own terminology, their own definitions against them and win every time. Every time. It's not hard. That's the thing. It's not hard to do. And I don't know why the will isn't there. You know, you see the passion of many Republicans and you're like, focus, focus. Yeah. Focus on what, take that passion and focus on what will get you the win. Yep. If you don't, if you don't win, it doesn't mean anything. No, and, and, and that's it. Um, because in order for the discussion to be in everybody's face every day. What the left wants, they don't want that. They don't want the actual back and forth. But in order for it to be on the forefront every single day, you have to be proactive every day. Yeah. You have to be doing it every day. Proactive in the debate every day, you lead. You don't wait to defend. You don't have anything to defend. On the debate points, you attack on the debate points every single day. 
I mean, why? I, I'm encouraged <laughs> by the hearings over the last couple of days. You know, the questions that were asked and the witnesses that appeared, both in the New York hearings yeah. and and then, you know, uh, Secretary of Education not being able to define a woman. And those are the things that have to be done. But it can't be just here and there. That discussion has to be done by everybody who knows they're in the right. We're everybody who knows that they're on the winning side. Where the clear debate points dominate every day. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety red eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Let's chat with John in Vancouver, Washington. John, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, John. Well, good evening to you, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. good. Thanks for calling. Good, good. You guys have just mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, are we going to stand by and basically wait till the left runs out of air with the bullcrap that they're trying to feed everybody? And, and in my personal opinion, yes, sometimes you have to do that. It's like the uh, Muhammad Ali technique. Give the old rope-a-dope. Let them run out of air. Because you can only lie so much until your lies are found out. Well, it's actually um, not the case because uh, they have endless lies. They believe it's working for them. They are motivated uh, every day all over again because they see themselves as a party on the left as still winning elections, as still being able to win elections going forward. And so they believe these tactics are winning where they don't where they ignore it is when you see the you know, again, we talk about the fact that they're going to they're not going to war really with the right. They're going to war with the parents uh, on many of these issues and, and they're not going to win on that front. But you're not trying to convince, again, your own side. You're not trying to do anything except reach out to the people and demonstrate to the people who aren't. Uh, behaving in the way that the polls show that we believe. That's the whole well, thing. And the other thing I would I would state, Jonathan, is uh, the, the fact that it's not like there's a certain set of lies that are two years old that are running out. There's always new lies. Right. And yeah. so that's why each yeah. and every day you need to confront them on the new lie or the new right. exaggeration or the new thing that uh, isn't based on science and the other thing is, even on the old lies, they keep repeating the old lies, which means Eric and I have talked about this before. And thanks so much for the call. Thanks, We've John. talked about the fact that at times we feel we're being repetitive. Well, You're the right. reason we're being yeah. repetitive is Democrats are using the argument, the same argument, every single day. Yeah. And they believe it's effective mm-hmm. because why? They're still winning elections. Right. And so you've got to fight that every single day. So you've got to fight the five-year-old lies, the two-year-old lies, yeah. the lies from yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, in the arena of ideas, you are constantly, because every single day, in, in a debate, you want the win. Well, we want the win because we want the truth and we want to promote conservative values. Right.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Good morning. I'll tell you, that was great news uh, yesterday to see that uh, Damar Hamlin, remember him? As he yeah. said yesterday, I died on the field. Um, he uh, returned to the Buffalo Bills yesterday. He has full clearance to play. That's amazing. Commotio Cortis. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, it sounds like the that would be the name of the bass player of Tool. And on base, yeah. Commotio Cortis. It's a direct blow at a specific point in your heartbeat that causes cardiac arrest. Yeah. Five to, send, uh, five to uh, seven seconds later, you fall out. It's, it is a leading cause of death in youth athletes across all sports. It is um, the hit at the, in, in the wrong spot at the very wrong, wrong time. Well, I mean, it's a leading cause of death in young athletes because there aren't many leading causes of death in young athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's still extremely rare that that happens. Yeah. That you get hit in that particular, you know, uh, spot at that exact moment. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, amazing that... And I did see the general manager, Brandon Bean, yesterday say that it wasn't that it was, you know, he went, I believe it was like, well, I don't know, it was a number of, do- I, I know it was at least six doctors that he yeah. went to. Yeah. Three in Buffalo and then three of his choice with the medical staff being involved in, you know, the the Bill's doctors being involved in listening to what everybody had to say. And he said, it wasn't three to one. It wasn't five to one. It was it was unanimous. Mm-hmm. Every single doctor cleared him to play. So he was there for the spring, you know, the spring practice or workouts, whatever they have. He was there. He actually did. Let's see. I've, I think I have a little bit. I want to see a little bit of audio here uh, uh, from him yesterday. Here he is. I'm blessed. Torben. So, um, you know, first I want to just start with just saying I'm thankful and I'm blessed, you know, um, I'm blessed to have a wonderful medical staff and a wonderful, uh, wonderful trainers here um, who who treat me with the care of their children. Um, and that tender loving care just gives me confidence, faith, strength, um, just all the wonderful things, you know, just to keep going in this journey that I've been on so far. Um, with that being said, also, I would like to just say how thankful I am to have wonderful coaches and teammates here in Buffalo 
that just allow me to grow mentally, physically, spiritually each and every day. Um, so many different aspects. I learned so many different things from from my coaches here, my teammates here, you know, the vets here. Um, I'm always learning here, and that's just a, that's a, a wonderful environment to be in and to be around. Um, with that being said. There you go. And so he took yeah. a lot of questions uh, mm-hmm. a, a, after that. But, you know, the thing is when uh, I, I look at him, and this is something that you and I talk about as we get older, uh, you know, people in their 20s look like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're like they're thir- kids, 13, 14 years <laughs> old. And, and I'm looking at Tamar Hamlin. <laughs> yeah. And when I first saw him, I'm like, well, who's who's a little kid? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, it's yeah. just you're you're getting older, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting older. No, I mean, it's I everybody was, else looks younger. <laughs> I, was, I was getting into my truck yesterday and I it saw the reflection on my window. I was like, oh, who's that old guy trying to get in my truck? <laughs> what is going on? Because. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I get cleaned up after working in the lawn, go run some errands, cranking some live music or live music, some uh, loud music and, you know, <laughs> feeling kind of hip, except mm-hmm. my hips. And then <laughs> walking back to get in my truck, I was like, yeah, reality sets in. Like, oh, oh, my gosh. He looks like he needs help. That guy looks like, no wonder everybody is being nice to me. I was on an aisle yesterday, and there was a young man uh, stocking shelves, and, and, you know, and I was, I was, I was kind of, <laughs> we, we talked about this off the air, but I had one of those moments like, why did I come down this aisle? I know I had a reason, but I can't remember what that is. So I'm just kind of looking Biden-ish in this moment, and... The young man says, "Oh, sorry, I'll get out of your way." And I was like, "No, no, I, I was trying to remember why, why, why I'm here, <laughs> what, what I was looking for." <laughs> you know, but everybody is is overly nice to me, you know. And then my ego's going, "Oh, see, they all know what what a great guy I am." And then I look in the mirror, and it's like, "No, no, no, they see the old guy who needs help." <laughs> Which is also encouraging. Yeah, and I, I thought to myself, yeah. you know, it's a new kind of um, it's a new kind of uh, benefit, right? You know, I mean, I've been very diligent about holding the door for anybody and any, everybody. If there's somebody's walking in behind me, it doesn't matter. I'll I'll hold the door for them, let them go in first, whatever. And now people, you know, it's like. Okay, these are part of the benefits. I've I've had yeah. I've had it happen uh, uh, both ways. I think I I told you about the time I forgot what I was getting that I needed ID for, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the young girl was looking at. It and she said, "No way," mm-hmm. and she said, "Is this fake ID?" Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, <laughs> fake ID? Yes, I'm faking being older. What do you? What do you, you think? Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, there's no way she thinks I'm 18. <laughs> yeah, right. No, she thought I was. She's looking at me. She said, "You can't be that age." And I said, yeah. "Well, yes, actually, I can." Actually, I, and then the manager came by and I went, "Hey, come here, come here." <laughs> she's accusing me of having fake ID. He goes, he looked concerned for a second. I got a big smile on my face. I said, "The only thing better is if you call the cops. <laughs> if yeah. You call the cops to bring them in. That would make my day." 
and she had no idea that I was the age that I was at. She thought I was probably 20 years younger. That yeah. was great. And then there's the other moments, as you just stated. Mm-hmm. And the one moment I – it was when you go up to a door and, you know, you've got those pains, and so you might be limping a little bit, and yeah. some young whippersnapper comes up. <laughs> and by the way, I don't care how old you are, I, always, if, I call you sir. I always do that. I say, yeah, yes, I sir. That. I mean, I yeah. call everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. sir. Yeah. But when I'm called it by somebody who is younger where, you know, I may be limping because of my ankle and my arthritis there, and they go, no, no, you first, sir. Go, no, go ahead, sir. No, go go ahead, sir. And I realize that they're looking at me as uh, someone who is older who deserves that respect. I realize at that moment, respect is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you keep your respect over there, pal. Yeah. It's, oh, no. Because You're... what they're actually saying is, look, you've got a lot less time than I do, so I'm going to hold the door for you. Somebody's out there thinking, you old codger, come, now, come on, let's move. Now, the best thing is, and this will happen this year when I golf, mm-hmm. when I'll be out there and, you know, you get, you know, you get paired with somebody. And you're like, man, these people are slow, man. I went, jeez. And this actually has happened to me before where I've gone, man, these old codgers, I wish they'd move. Come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Hit the dang ball. Let's get moving. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a young man's game. And then they start talking later on, and I find out they're like seven, eight years younger than I am. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one where you go, oh, no, how old am I? No, yeah. no, it can't be. Yeah, I saw somebody on TV the other day, and – and uh, they were, you know, they said, well, you know, I just turned 50. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And somebody else was in their 40s saying, you know, by the time I'm 50, <laughs> like, why do you talk as if it's like end of life? It's, <laughs> it's not. And, and you know, the, the thing with, with DeMar Hamlin, that story as an older guy, uh, it it renews faith in in you know his generation and th- the way that yeah he has showed respect, and also the way that his situation brought new fans in. In a way that you know that that kind of of uh, of genuine concern and and uh, for a person, that's you know it it can only end up being something good like that. Then everybody celebrates the victory that is uh, first of all him being alive, and then beyond that, getting back to the game that he loves, and it was a. I don't know if it was a redefining moment of, for the NFL, but it certainly, I think, was a reset for a lot of the people that mm-hmm. were in the stands, whether they were in the stands at home, the virtual stands, or in the stands at a game, uh, because it helps to reset who we are. You saw the media in 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 the days and weeks after it happened, even on ESPN, acknowledging the very real power of faith. The response of the Cincinnati fans. Yeah. That, you know, and that's where the game was being held in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, even though they clobbered the Bills in the playoff game mm. later on. Well. <laughs> no, there, I think there was a great deal of, of uh, uh, respect and, and bonding, uh, you know, between those two cities. Yeah. But, yeah, he's such a from everything. And, and I know, like, uh, I, I know a lot of people associated with, you know, especially the broadcasting arm of the Bills and things like that. And they just say he's such a great. He co- and you could just, I mean, he comes from a great family. He comes from just a great, yeah. oh yeah, great, great yeah. family, and his attitude, and you hear the way that he, you know, he talks, and you you hear a way that a lot of the young players talk today, and you know, we talk about well, the younger generation, and yeah, I mean, there may be a greater percentage. I mean, there may be a greater percentage that may not have the, you know, the 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 work ethic because of the culture that they were raised in are different than the culture that we were raised in, mm-hmm. and culture has a ton to do with, you know, why you grow up the way that you do. But you see a lot of these, and I think it was highlighted last year, you see a lot of these young athletes and the families they come from and the culture that they come from. And it is heartwarming to see that. Yeah. You know, it does. You sit there and you look and you go, okay, uh, we're, we're not completely and totally doomed. Well, you know, those <laughs> those backstories, those family stories, because quite often the family is, you know, since – these guys were kids, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to, uh, you're picking them up from practice or you're going to watch them at practice from the time that they start playing ball at a very, very young age. And then that support along the way, you know, that it all starts and ends in the home. You, that kind of, of support, that kind of family life is, is how you get, you know, it is how it results in someone, uh, like a Demar Hamlin, you know, and it's uh, certainly to be admired and respected, and and I think it, it's interesting in watching the liberal media kind of take note of it, of, of the power of faith, and how much faith so many yeah, you, professional ball players have, and, and how how open they are with it. Yes, too. yes, and and it is undeniable now. I know that the left tried to have the debate and they would say certain things, you know, along the way. But after the DeMar Hamlin situation, it's undeniable. And it seemed like there was that bit of reckoning in the media, in that acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of the level of faith that is the common thread in so many players, with so many players and, across so many teams. And we have never been, though. I, I've, I've known enough professional athletes. I know you've known some, too. But I've known enough professional athletes to know that, yeah, you can find the the uh, the spoiled brats in, 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 in a few of them. But you oh, think sure. about it, for the sure. most part, it's yeah. very few and far between. You know, it's when you're a professional athlete, you're a professional. I mean, the dedication that you have to put into your craft. And I've never been the one that's – never been the one that said – they're not worth what they make. When you put your body at that kind of risk, you are worth what you make. And you know, going in, you're limited in the number of years you're, lim- you're going to yeah, be able exactly. to do that. Exactly. So I've never, I've always had a great deal of respect for uh, for athletes of any. But you get up to the professional level. I mean, it is it is such a competitive place where, as a young person, you have to have you. Let's put it this way: you have to have focus and drive mm-hmm. and incentive. Yeah. That. Uh, I never had at that age, 
even yeah, in the culture no. that I grew yeah, up, yeah, yeah. to do that, I never had at that particular age. So they, uh, you know, so many of these athletes you see really are just uh, because, and I'm talking about the mind, not the body, are really tremendous, tremendous personalities and have a lot of and have a lot of character. I think the majority do, but the ones that don't are the ones that occasionally stick out. Well, the, the and and they're able to practice that discipline with what they do because of that discipline that was built into them in the way that they were raised. And, you know, that's very evident with Damar Hamlet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, it's, I didn't even know what to think yesterday when they said, you know, he's back and he's been cleared completely to play yeah, or, yeah. or he's, he's been cleared, you know, they, you know, what he's going to do mm. will all be when it gets to training camp, which is still months down the road. Yeah. And, uh, but still it's just, that is just, it's that's mind boggling. It really yeah. is because I don't think anybody ever thought in the days afterwards that he would ever play in the NFL again, ever. Right. Ever. Right. So if you want to talk about something that's close to a miracle, maybe that's it. Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Drivers should be familiar with how their actions affect their motor carrier's Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, score in the seven basic categories. The driver fitness score is based on the physical and medical qualifications of drivers. The vehicle maintenance category requires drivers to know how to inspect CMVs and secure cargo. Hours of service compliance relies on drivers keeping accurate records of duty and abiding by hours of service limits. The unsafe driving category is affected by unsafe driving behaviors such as failing to wear a seatbelt or obey traffic laws. Drivers should understand the drug and alcohol prohibitions to prevent hurting their carrier's controlled substances and alcohol basic score. And drivers who transport hazmat must know how to safely transport hazardous materials according to the regulations. The final basic category, crash prevention, is based on how many crashes a motor carrier has been involved in. So drivers must know how to drive safely to avoid crashes. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you'd like to get into the show, coming up uh, here in a little bit, Mayorkas. Do I have to say anything else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Do I have to, go, do I have to go into specifics? No. Uh, also, some of the we, we need to get to the economic uh, news uh, out there. Public pessimism on the economy hits a new high on the CNBC survey. And again, when they say... It's never been this high before in the CNBC survey, which is 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's 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 put some context into it because really, ever, 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 okay. Uh, but public pessimism on the economy hits a new high, but that's still huge news because in 2023 it means the eco- the pessimism on the economy is greater than it was in 2008, 2009. Yeah, greater than it was uh, during uh, the middle of COVID, and we're out of COVID now, and the unemployment rate is extremely low. Well, what's the problem? We'll get to that. Plus, housing starts, too, down a lot.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Okay, so the Senate uh, had uh, Homeland Security Director Mayorkas uh, in front of them again uh, yesterday, and uh, all I have to say is it was uh, time for Josh Hawley and Senator Hawley and his questions, and we'll just let it go with that. Here we go. Do you know the number of unaccompanied children who have come across the border on your watch? Uh, Senator, I don't have... um uh, that number at my well, disposal, but I can let, assure you that we are incredibly dedicated to the safety and security of those children. Well, it doesn't appear so, based on what we're reading today in the New York Times, what we're reading and seeing from numbers from your own office. The answer to my question, by the way, is 345,807. That's the number of unaccompanied children, children who have come across the border on your watch. Do you know what's happening to these children? Have, have you seen... This report from the New York Times, alone and exploited, migrant children work brutal jobs across the United States. Have you seen this? Senator, I have, and let me share with you what we are doing. Have you seen these numbers? These are reports of trafficking and abuse of migrant children. You can see a massive surge that begins to happen when? Oh, when you come to office in 2021. Huge surge, reports of trafficking, reports of neglect and abuse. Let's just look at a few of the details. This is absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe this happens in the United States of America in this day and age. This is from the New York Times. Thousands of children have ended up in punishing jobs across the country, working overnight in slaughterhouses, replacing roofs, operating machinery in factories, all in violation of child labor laws. For example... There's a young girl named Carolina from Guatemala. She is 15 years old. What does she do? She packages Cheerios overnight at a factory. She says, sometimes I get tired and I feel sick. The times goes on, her stomach often hurt. She wasn't sure if that was because of a lack of sleep or the stress of the incessant roar or the machines or her own worry. The times goes on. Far from home, many of these children are under intense pressure to earn money They have to send cash back home to their families while often being in debt to their sponsors, quote-unquote. For what? For smuggling fees, rent, and living expenses. One individual interviewed by the Times said this. I'm still quoting. It's the new child labor. You're taking children from another country and putting them into indentured servitude. I could go on and on. The Times details over a multi-month investigation Kid after kid, child after child, one, one 13-year-old forced to wash hotel sheets in Virginia, kids running milkshake machine, milking machines rather in Vermont, delivering meals in New York City, scrubbing dishes late at night, all in violation of our country's laws, all facilitated by your policies. Are you proud of this record? Senator, the horrific exploitation of children is something that we do not condone. You are um, incorrectly attributing it uh, to our policies. Let me share with you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It began. Look at the the numbers. Look at the numbers. It began, this massive surge began when you came to office. In your first year in office, first year, there was a 342% surge 
of unaccompanied children across the border. You know, CBS reported that Mr. I'm going to quote them now. Mr. Biden's election, as well as policy changes announced by his administration, those would be your changes, led smugglers to tell migrant youth they had a better chance of being allowed to stay in the United States than they had under Trump. Meanwhile, you've lost track of tens of thousands of them. The Times also reviewed data that showed the government couldn't reach more than 85,000 of these children who they just turned over into the hands of, of smugglers. Of modern, these are modern-day slave traders, and you're just giving these children to them. What is going on? Why are you doing this? Uh, uh, Senator, so, um, uh, of course, there are a number of factual inaccuracies uh, in your question, but let me, uh, let me address uh, two lines of effort that we have. Uh, uh, to combat the scourge of exploitation. Why don't we just start with why you enabled it? Can we just start with that? Why is it that you have enabled 345,000 children to be to smuggled across this border and then sent into the hands of modern-day slave traders? In 2021, you made the decision to change Title 42 to allow unaccompanied children to come into the United States and then to be sent into the interior of the country. Under the last administration, children were reunited with their families in their home country. You changed that, and as soon as you changed it, the numbers exploded. That is your responsibility. Quite a number of false statements, uh, Senator. Which, so which is, can, what is false about so, that statement? So if I can um, uh, state what I've been trying to state, one of the uh, significant policy decisions that we have made is to focus our worksite enforcement investigative efforts, <laughs> our criminal investigative efforts on unscrupulous employers that exploit individuals because of their vulnerabilities, and that includes, that includes underage workers. That is not what the New York Times investigation found. I would, Mr. Chairman, I just ask at this point, I'd like to enter into the record. The New York Times article is migrant children were put to work. U.S. ignored warnings. This is from April 17th, 2023. This is this morning. And I'd also like to enter into the record the New York Times article alone and exploited migrant children work brutal jobs across the U.S. This is from February 25th, 2023. Thank you. Uh, and I guess we can end there because Mayorkas doesn't answer any questions, no. as we no. as we know. None, <clears throat> really, nobody. We, it, interesting that every single audio cut we've played of any Obama administration official answering questions from Congress yesterday, nobody will answer any questions. All right. They'll answer them, but they won't answer specifically. You know, for example, he said, number of false statements, tell me a false statement. He goes on to something else. Right. Oh, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. And that's what he does. Look, everything's going to hell. Well, here's what we're doing to help it not go to hell. But it is going to hell. And here's what we're doing so it doesn't go further into hell. You know, I mean, it's just like, stop it. And it, and when, when you uh, think about it, the other thing that you have to note is, remember, that's the New York Times talking about what we all know, that even the New York Times would not acknowledge when President Biden took office, remember. Yeah. And we right. saw what was going on at the border. We all knew that was going on. We all knew it was going to be a disaster. It's ended up being a disaster. And uh, really what you get is, well, uh, we're uh, we're trying, but we're really not. Well, and look, uh, it's always going to be this dance with, with um, Mayorkas. He, uh, he carries with him the same arrogance and defiance that President Biden does. But I'm grateful that uh, Senator Hawley was able to break it down, and the sheer numbers are staggering.
and it would be ignored otherwise. 345,000 children. And it's not a coincidence. No, it's not. Meanwhile, let's go to Rand Paul and some of his mm. questioning huh? All right, of Mayorkas. I'm and the Department of Energy have concluded that uh, the likely origin of COVID is from a lab in Wuhan. Uh, Jeffrey Sachs of the Lancet Commission studied this for nearly two years and came to the same conclusion. 18-month investigation from the HELP Committee also came to the conclusion that the likely origin of the virus is from a lab in Wuhan. What are the conclusions of the Department of uh, uh, Homeland Security on, on the origins of the virus? Um, Ranking Member Paul, uh, we defer uh, to other departments and agencies whose remit is to investigate the origins of COVID-19. To my knowledge, that is not work that we has, have undertaken. So um, when all of the different agencies report to the Director of National Intelligence, are you one of those agencies? Like they say, there's 17 different people have an opinion, supposedly, on this. So the Department of Homeland Security has not made any opinion or given any opinion to the Director of National Intelligence based on any research that you have done. Uh, Ranking Member Paul, to my knowledge, we have not undertaken uh, our work to um, investigate the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. What we have done in response to what you accurately captured are its tragic consequences is we set up vaccination centers all across the country. The the National um, Biological Threat Characterization Center is under your purview. Uh, Do they investigate or evaluate the manipulation of viruses, either through recombination or mutation or cellular passage, serial passage in lab, do they look at the threat of dual use? Basically, people say, oh, we're doing research for vaccines, but what if this escapes into the world and you've created a virus that never existed before? Is that under the purview of the National Biological Threat Characterization Center? Um, uh, Ranking Member Paul, I, I do believe Uh, that uh, that organization looks at how um, uh, biological um, elements uh, and other uh, elements can be weaponized uh, to uh, the detriment uh, of our security. You know, there's at least 12 different places in the United States where labs are getting this. To make it even, you know, more concerning, though, we've been funding labs, not only the lab in Wuhan, we've actually funded military research in China. We now have evidence that NIH money goes to American universities who then subcontract it to the Academy of Military Medical Science Research, AMMS. It's finally now been listed as a category of where we're not supposed to export things, but for years now, nobody, somebody's asleep at the switch whether it's you or somebody else in government. We've got a big government. We've got all these different intel agencies. we got who's, who's watching? Because the thing is, is who in their right mind would think it is a good idea to send American tax dollars to a university, an American university, who then sends it to do military research? There you go. And for some reason, on all the audio cuts from Congress yesterday, and we believe it's some type of conspiracy, uh, there's some type of distortion or noise. <laughs> For some reason, with Biden officials being interviewed yesterday. Yeah, there's uh, some type of interference. But I wanted to get to that because uh, the you know we had talked about it yesterday, and 
uh, interesting, uh, the Nas- National Review doing the smoking gun in the Senate report on mm-hmm. COVID uh, 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 origins here, which uh, really got uh, uh, interesting yesterday. And one of the things is how a lot of these virus, the viruses that, you know, that they were trying to find in animals were only in the biosafety level two labs in Wuhan that could get out much, uh, much uh, easier. And uh, they go into the what they believe could be the smoking gun, and that's in November of 2019, also appears to be the time frame that these researchers began development of at least two SARS COVID vaccines, People's Liberation Army, and they talk about the professor, the director of the Fifth Institute of the Academy of Military Medical Sciences, worked uh, uh, with uh, the uh, uh, Chinese labs uh, for several years prior to the pandemic, and they talk about the fact that in the fall of 2019, conducting research for a paper uh, that uh, on the known uh, uh, adverse effects of SARS-related vaccines and antibody treatments, there is reason to believe that they were engaged in SARS-related coronavirus animal vaccine research at that time. And then they go into just all the specific details of it that go into then December of uh, of, uh, of of 2019. And that's where they're wondering at that particular point that they've been doing research on it, on these you know particular coronaviruses, when they claim nobody was actually doing research on it, which goes back a couple of years. But it all leads to the 20, you know, really October and November, where they believe it was released from a lab and that the consistent research that was being done in China at that point in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just really. I mean, now we're getting specifics, though. I mean, they're they're. I didn't list all the names and the generals and everything else, but there is, you know, there is basically a timeline with names and dates and people involved in it and these specific labs now that is, that is uh, that is coming out. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, in the Senate report, so we're finding out more. Well, Slowly but and, surely, we're finding and, out more. And you know, there was. Uh, I know that that uh, Rand Paul was on. Uh, yesterday with with Fox News, and he was lining out. Look, the behavior of the virus, and and what you what you really can't deny about this virus now, and everything points to the lab leak. Yeah, yep. And and remember, all the disinformation talk you hear about coming from Democrats. Mm-hmm. The two biggest things of disinformation they wanted to stop. Was the lab leak theory, yeah, yeah. which now is only going in the opposite direction of what they said, and they censored anything else that didn't wasn't the pre-approved narrative that they had no evidence, right? Was actually the right what was the the right answer, right? And the and and Hunter then laptop. the Hunter laptop story. Yep, that's where really you think about it. That's what skyrocketed disinformation into the public discourse, into our popular culture, and the Democrats still talk about the fact that they have to stop it. Yet they were the biggest purveyors of disinformation in American history. And using social media and the FBI yep. to enforce the laptop yep. thing. Yep. I mean, it went over uh, uh, over the top on that kind of disinformation, and they were screaming disinformation. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, tax day was yesterday. Uh-oh. Coming, coming up following the top of the hour, the question that we always ask the day after tax day. Yeah. That has never, ever been answered. Ever. Huh? 
caminar. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 